Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Welcome. It's the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's Good Shepherd Sunday. If you're watching the video, you can see that I have here a stuffed sheep. That's all I have to say. Welcome. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's say the prayer of the day. Let's pray the prayer of the day. O Lord Christ, good shepherd of the sheep, you seek the lost and guide us into your fold. Feed us and we shall be satisfied. Heal us and we shall be whole. Make us one with you, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, 
If we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who is sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Our psalm is the 23rd psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The second reading is from 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 through 24. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit that he has given us. The Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 10. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Before I begin this sermon, let me just apologize for the sound of... <laughs> I, I listen to it and I find it's quite loud, of a small dog snoring. Um, it was about my fifth attempt on the sermon. I just didn't want it. I just didn't have time to do it again. You know, if it wasn't one noise, it was another. So please forgive the, the snoring. Thank you. Yeah, there's some more snoring. There was a story in the news the other day about a man who drowned in the North Saskatchewan. Sad story. He was trying to get a dog off the ice and both the man and the dog went through the ice. Eventually they managed to rescue the dog, but the man, the man drowned. And I know that a lot of people, when they heard this, were thinking, it doesn't make a lot of sense to risk your life, let alone die, for a dog. And this reaction, this reaction helps us to understand just how startling Jesus' statement is, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Really? Dies for the sheep? Seriously? The context in John is Jesus' healing of a blind man. You know this story. He puts, he puts mud on the man's eyes and he tells him, go and wash, go and wash the mud off in the pool of Siloam. And this happens on the Sabbath. And some of the Pharisees, not all of them, but some of them are upset because Jesus has done this on the Sabbath. And they say, he can't be from God. I don't know if that was really the problem, but that's the issue they focus on. And the man himself, who, who now sees, eventually, after questioning, says Jesus is from God. His eyes have been opened in more than one sense. And when they hear this, they drive him out. So Jesus, when he hears that this man has been driven out, he goes and he finds him like a shepherd going after a lost sheep. And, and this man, who's never seen Jesus, because remember, he was blind when Jesus talked to him. So he's never seen him, but he hears his voice, and he, he knows the voice. He calls Jesus Lord. He worships him. And this is when Jesus starts talking about shepherds and sheep and sheepfolds and gates. Uh, there's a mixture of images and metaphors in all of this. Uh, there's, a, there's a contrast between the shepherd, the sheep know his voice, and a stranger whose voice they don't know. 
between those who come to steal and kill and destroy and the one who gives life. I'm the gate for the sheep, Jesus says. I'm the way to life. There's a contrast between the shepherd who will die for the sheep and hired hands who really don't care about the sheep. And the sheep know the good shepherd. They recognize the one who loves them. I know my own and my own know me, Jesus says. And there's a history behind all of this. In the ancient Near East and in the Hebrew scriptures, kings and rulers and leaders were often described and depicted as shepherds of their people. And I tend to think now a lot of this was political propaganda, but it was also an ideal. This is what a good king is like. This is what a good leader is like. And it's like a good shepherd. And it's significant that King David starts out as a shepherd. So there's this famous passage in Ezekiel, and there's a similar passage in Jeremiah. So in Ezekiel chapter 34, it says, Hear this, you shepherds of Israel, you rulers of Israel, you leaders of the people. Hear this. Aren't you supposed to be feeding the sheep? Aren't you supposed to be looking after the sheep? You haven't been feeding the sheep. You've been feeding yourselves. You've been feasting on mutton and lamb. You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the foundlings. But you don't feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak. Ezekiel says you haven't healed the sick. You haven't bound up the injured. You haven't brought back the strayed. You haven't sought the lost. But with force and harsh, harshness, you have ruled them. And therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds. And I will rescue my sheep from their mouths. So he talks about them like they're wolves, preying on the sheep. I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strays, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. Well, you could say, this is about the kingdom of God. And when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, all of this is in the background. All this gentleness and ferocity, the compassion, the justice of God's love, and Jesus takes it even further, one giant step further. It's, it's one thing to care for the sheep and defend the sheep, even love the sheep. But who ever heard of a shepherd dying for the sheep? There is no suggestion anywhere apart from Jesus that the good shepherd would die for the sheep. Jesus has taken the good shepherd's love and care for the sheep beyond what anyone would expect. Beyond, we might say, what makes sense. This is a shepherd who loves his sheep beyond all reason. This is a shepherd with no common sense. Right? This is an excessive love, a crazy love. We think it's 
it's crazy if someone dies for sheep, but somehow, you know, we think it's, it's reasonable that God would die for us. And yet, we are a lot closer to sheep than we are to God. I, I have drawn a little diagram here. This is the God-sheep continuum. So, see, here's, here's God on this end. Here's the sheep on the other. You'll have to imagine this if you're listening to the podcast. Now, where am I? Where are we? Right beside the sheep. I am a lot more like a sheep than I am like God. It makes a lot more sense for me to die for a sheep than for God to die for me. That's what I'm saying. Let's just, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's just say it. Dying for a sheep, let alone dying for me, it's not normal. Not as our society and our world count normal. It seems like utter madness. Because, because the love of God is deeper and broader and more profound than anything limited creatures like us can even imagine. We have trouble imagining big numbers. We know we do. How can we begin to imagine the depth and breadth of God's love, let alone make sense of it? God's love breaks the rules of a world that has rejected God and that defines reality and reason and the limits of love and what's possible and ways that make the love of God appear just excessive and unreasonable and impossible. I'm talking about a good shepherd dying for a sheep. That, that makes that clear. Or at least maybe not clear, but it, it points to it pretty effectively. God's love breaks the norms and the structures of our world. It breaks the laws we think and live by. It remakes and recreates the world and us. It's a love beyond all sense, beyond all understanding, a love that for us can only be expressed in pictures and metaphors and stories, and above all, in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Without this love, even though we can't understand it or make sense of it, without it, we're lost. We aren't at home. We don't know where home is, but we know that we're not where we want to be. We're injured in all kinds of ways. We're hurt. We're frightened. We don't know what's coming. We're afraid of what might be coming or, or what we know is coming. And the shepherd, the shepherd who loves us beyond all reason, what we know is reason, comes looking for us. 
and gathers us in his arms and carries us home to the rest of the flock and washes us in the waters of baptism and feeds us with the bread and wine of his body and blood, his presence and his life, and shares his spirit with us to give us strength and courage and to lead us into truth and life and love. We recognize this boundary-breaking incomprehensible saving love. It's what we call holy. It's God. We recognize it, holiness, when we see it. We may not understand it. We recognize it. We recognize the voice of the shepherd who loves us enough to die for us. And we follow. Sometimes in green pastures and, and beside cool waters, sometimes through dark and dangerous places, a valley of the shadow of death. It could be dangerous to follow and to share in this intemperate, extravagant love. We too may be slaughtered like our shepherd, who is also the Lamb of God. But this is the way to life. It's our joy. It's our hope. It's our comfort and our safety. like a little dog sleeping. Have no fear, little flock, Jesus says in Luke. Have no fear. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I'll carry you home. He says, I will give you life. Amen. Let's confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's pray. Living in the resurrection of Jesus, we pray for the life of the church, for those in need, and for all of God's creation. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and the response is, your mercy is great. Holy and compassionate God, our Lord Jesus laid down his life for the sake of your people. Lead us to put aside our lives so that your extravagant love and abundant life may abide in us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. The stone that was rejected, you have made the chief cornerstone of your new creation. Help us to be part of your work in your name and by your power. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. 
You raise the weak and the broken, the despairing and the sick. Heal them in ways they cannot imagine and give them hope. And in particular, we pray for those we name silently or aloud. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. In you, we are a new creation. But we worry. We worry about our church. We worry about ourselves and those we love. We worry about the world. We wonder what to do. Send forth your spirit. Give us wisdom. Give us strength. Give us courage. Show us how to follow you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Trusting in your love and grace, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray into your care. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let's say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May our God, our God who loves us, grant you a spirit of wisdom to know and to love the risen Lord Jesus, the God of life, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. God bless you all. Have no fear, little flock. Hymn number 764 in the Evangelical Lutheran Book of Worship. Oh,
Alleluia! Christ is risen! Alleluia!